You're listening to Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Jason Kelly on Bloomberg Radio. So I'm thinking building on perhaps some conversations we've had as of late around this table in our Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio. Um, I want to get to our next guest because he has noted how dangerously disconnected the public is from our financial system. It is the subject of his new book. Joining us on the phone is Chris Varelas. He's co-founder of Riverwood Capital. His book, How Money Became Dangerous, the inside story of our turbulent relationship with modern finance. He joins us on the phone from Menlo Park, California. Hey, Chris. Chris, nice to have you here with Jason and myself. Um, tell us a little bit about, I mean, you have an interesting background. You understand the financial world. Yeah, hi, Carol. Thanks Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I spent 35 years in the industry and have traversed many of the sectors within the finance world, commercial banking, sales and trading, investment banking, M&A, private equity. And uh, yeah, I've had a long, long career and been fortunate to work on some of the more interesting transactions in Wall Street history. What's changed about maybe when you started on Wall Street and kind of where the financial community, financial system is today? Well, so much has changed, you know, in just one generation. I I like to say my parents only cared about two numbers, right? They cared, and they were both years. They cared about the year they paid off their mortgage and the year they qualified for their pension. And since then, you know, so much has happened. The complexity of the of the financial system has grown dramatically in so many different ways as we pushed for scale, scope, and efficiency at the expense of the, you know, the personal, of the interaction, of the of the knowing the person, of of knowing who we're interacting with, even having a person on the other side of that. And the complexity of this of the system has grown so much, while our understanding of it really has gone in many cases, down. I think a lot of people have said, you know, I can't possibly understand this, so I'm just going to step back and sort of, you know, disengage completely. Well, and I do wonder what the financial crisis did to either reinforce that or to maybe change the direction. What what impact ultimately did the, the crisis have on consumers and on behavior? Yeah, you know, it's a great question, um, and I and we think about this a lot. So it initially inspired this sort of rage, right, right. About the Occupy Wall Street movement, which people are like, this is not acceptable. We can't have this. We need to do something. But because people couldn't articulate the challenge and the problem, and therefore, if you can't articulate the challenge, you're not going to come up with solutions, and then it sort of faded, as most, you know, typically financial crises do, crises do, and then you sort of said, okay, I'm just going to walk away, and, and in a sense, it almost turned people more off and more distant from it because they said, oh, this is just one of those scary things I just don't want to, like, tangle with. And now we see we see that in all kinds of behaviors. You know, we see, you know, we see millennials wanting to trade off an algorithm and, you know, not even deal with people because the trust level is so low. They'd rather trust an algorithm than, than a person. And, you know, it manifests itself in so many ways. I have to say, I think about the market all the time, that how much of it is now, you know, driven by computers and what that means for the retail investor. Um, you know, sometimes good when everything's going up, but, you know, I do wonder when we get to a downturn, which ultimately we will at some point, but I do wonder about the impact on it. What, what are your biggest concerns here? Well, my biggest concerns are we have a we have a sort of antiquated system, you know, at, at all levels. We're talking about how money is managed, um, and then we have um, you know people and complexity that 
that aren't keep you know the systems can't manage and we most see that i think in the in the pension system for example so we have this you know we have debt being raised to fund you know to fund pension deficits or any actions that are taken and the system is focused on this okay this annual budget challenge of how do i pay employees and you know look let's see like I can't meet my cash shortfall, I can't give them a raise. So you know, let's let's sort of promise more more benefits in the future that I won't have to worry about because it's beyond my term of office. And so as a result, we have you know people disconnected where they're like, who's holding that system accountable for a mismatched incentive system where I can sort of make promises that I'm not going to have to be responsible for being you know being there when it happens. I think that's one. You know, another example is, you know, we I think we have the 25th anniversary of the ETF, which yeah. is a wonderful mechanism to democratize access to market returns on a very efficient cost-based system. And, you know, that's been a wonderful development and a positive. But when you have 50-plus percent of the market who's completely, you know, passively involved and doesn't doesn't actually engage or care really, you know, what's going on in that system – you know, that does create the potential for, you know, what happens when liquidity dries up and, you know, no one's really that invested in any particular ownership space. Right. You know, that there's there's it's pervasive throughout the system this challenge and that that's the direction we're going. We're going toward this efficiency scale, passive, disconnected combination that you know, that, that just creates challenges, systemic challenges that we haven't seen. Right. All right. Well, it's incredibly thought-provoking. I feel like we just barely scratched the surface. You're going to have to come visit us uh, here in New York. Chris Ellis, co-founder of Riverwood Capital. His book, How Money Became Dangerous, incredibly timely. Uh, as we get into 2020, Carol, I just incredibly feel like relevant right now. people are going yeah. to be thinking more and more about this. I think about what Elizabeth Warren said and didn't say, candidly, when she spoke with our own Joe Weisenthal last night. This has become a, a, a big topic. And the debate between capitalism, not all bad. Right. If you think about job creation and so on and so forth, but how do we get a better understanding? And how do we of kind understand exactly? How do we understand the money that's it out there and get our arms around it? Uh, it's a great book. How money became dangerous. Check it out. Put it on your Christmas list. Stick it in a stocking. 